This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Simone Zaziaris. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday the 24th of May. In your Squiz today, new hopes for Australia's COVID vaccine rollout. China tells Australia to butt out. A farewell to two Aussie icons and leaving YouTube for bigger things. This is your Squiz today. Starting with COVID news, Claire, Federal Health Minister Greg Hunt yesterday said Australia should have a supply of 2 million doses of the Pfizer vaccine each week from the start of October. That's raised hopes that all Aussies who want to be vaccinated against coronavirus could get their jabs by Christmas. But that, of course, is dependent on a consistent supply of the vaccine, something that hasn't exactly been smooth sailing since the start of the rollout. No, supply of those vaccines, particularly the ones coming from Europe, has been a real issue for that program rollout. The other one, of course, is that the program was also thrown into disarray in April when an official recommendation was made that the Pfizer vaccine be given to the under 50-year-olds over the AstraZeneca vaccine. What experts are saying is that people are really hesitant at the moment because they're concerned uh, about safety and worried about what all of that means. Many also waiting to get a Pfizer vaccination. As for questions around whether the vaccines work against new strains, a new study has found both the Pfizer and AstraZeneca jabs are highly effective at protecting people from the variant strain first found in India. Yeah, very good news. It's consistent with other research showing that the Pfizer vaccine and the AstraZeneca vaccine really have been very effective against other strains as well. Also good news coming out of the US, it looks like the vaccination program there really is having a dent on new cases. The biggest vaccination effort in history has so far seen more than 1.6 billion shots delivered across 176 countries. In March, New South Wales Nationals MP Michael Johnson stepped down from Parliament over allegations he raped a sex worker in the Blue Mountains. That's something he denies doing. His resignation triggered a by-election in the marginal seat of Upper Hunter, which was held on Saturday. And there's a lot riding on the result, Claire. Yeah, and it looks like the Nationals have won that. They've certainly claimed victory. They weren't expected to do that. One, because of the scandal that had proceeded uh, with the Nationals MP being involved in that. But second is the incumbent party usually gets punished in those sorts of by-elections. What happened was the Nationals actually got a swing towards it. It looks like Labor really has had a bad result, registering an 8% swing against it with a bit more counting to go yet. It's notable first because it looks like the New South Wales opposition leader, Jodie Mackay, uh, is going to really have to push it uphill to keep her job. Uh, doesn't look like she stacked up particularly well against Liberal Premier Gladys Berejiklian, so that's something where the drums are beating this week. Uh, the second reason to mention it is that there's implications at a federal level, particularly when it comes to the issue of climate change. Upper Hunter is a seat that has a lot of coal mining in it and it looks like voters really have supported the government and their policies on climate change. The Liberals will also have to deal with the fallout after former Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull backed an anti-mining independent candidate rather than a National Party candidate. That was a move described by Nationals leader John Barillaro as nothing short of treachery. 
Last year, Australian writer and democracy activist Yang Hengjun was charged by Chinese prosecutors with spying. That's something he denies doing. After being detained for two years, he is finally due to face court in China on Thursday. And ahead of his trial, the Australian government has called for Yang to be granted access to his lawyer and Australian consular officials. That's not something China is too keen on doing, though, Claire. No, and they told Maurice Payne, our foreign minister, to butt out. Uh, They said that her request that he get access to his lawyer and also to embassy staff was deplorable. Uh, Something, of course, that really lines up with that to and fro between Australia and China at the moment, not particularly getting along very well. Uh, Payne said that the request really is the bare minimum to conform with international norms of transparency. That trial on Thursday, though, seems to be anything but transparent. Yeah, since his detention, Yang has had no access to his family and limited access to his lawyer. He faces a sentence of between three years and life in jail if convicted of espionage. We talked about the Israel-Gaza conflict a fair bit on the podcast last week, Claire, and the latest is the United Nations Security Council has called for full adherence to the ceasefire between Israel and Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. It's the first UN statement on the conflict since violence broke out two weeks ago. Yeah, what they want is that full adherence. They also say that they mourn the loss of civilian lives resulting from the violence, uh, stressing as well the immediate need for humanitarian assistance, uh, particularly in Gaza, they say. UN officials on the ground there say that there are increased health risks uh, and also widespread destruction uh, of homes and vital infrastructure, including hospitals in Gaza. Uh, Meanwhile, Israel's foreign minister said that it wants to see the international community condemn and disarm Hamas. Both Israel and Hamas have claimed victory to the conflict, which has seen more than 250 people killed. Bob Fulton was one of the first four rugby league players to be granted immortal status in 1981, which is basically the greatest honour a player can receive. Yesterday, Claire, the rugby league icon and broadcaster died of cancer at 74 years old. He had been battling cancer for some years. He had prostate cancer uh, and many people came out yesterday, including very notable names around the NRL, really mourning his loss. He was someone that was very tied to Sydney Club Manly. He played and coached for them. He also played 35 tests for Australia uh, and led the nation to two World Cup victories in the 90s as a coach as well. And another loss over the weekend, singer-actress Lorraine Desmond died at 91 years old. She stole Australia's heart as Shirley Gilmore in a country practice, but she was also the first woman to win the Golden Logie for the Lorraine Desmond Show, which ran from 1960 to 1964. In 2007, a dad put a video of his sons Charlie and Harry on YouTube and it went viral, becoming one of the most popular YouTube videos globally. It was, of course, the Charlie bit my finger video. If you haven't seen it, you might want to get onto it quickly because it's soon to leave YouTube forever. Yeah, like in the next few hours <laughs> by the sounds of things. It's been sold in an auction, uh, raising more than $980,000 wow. for their efforts. Um, it's on the 14th anniversary of that video being recorded. Uh, what the parents uh, of Harry and Charlie say is that they really thought that they could use the money to make sure that they have a good university experience and have nicer accommodation and cheaper student loans. I think 
they could probably study a fair while for almost a million dollars. <laughs> it's very forward thinking of them, isn't it? <laughs> it's the latest to join the recent craze of NFTs or non-fungible tokens. You might remember a few weeks ago, we spoke about the disaster girl meme selling for nearly half a million US dollars. Absolutely bizarre, isn't it, Claire? It's a weird Simon of the Times, that's for sure. <laughs> Squiz the day. For me, Claire, it's the anniversary of Amy Johnson becoming the first woman to fly solo from England to Australia. That happened in 1930. Yeah, it must have been particularly terrifying, I would have <laughs> thought. Maybe she's an adventure girl and that was exciting, but terrifying, it sounds to me. Uh, the House of Representatives is back today. Uh, they're sitting in Canberra this week, so lots to talk about there, no doubt. I thought you'd pick that one <laughs> that's all from us this monday thanks again for tuning in and listening to the squiz today podcast we'll be back again tomorrow a message now from our podcast partner bhp the steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP.